2: Welcome to the BTO Sports.com Razor X podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTO Sports.com. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save yourself big coin on uh, anything really BTO Sports carries, which is pretty much anything you could need for your bike or body. All new website, mobile phone friendly. BTO Sports.com, proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team with Andrew Short and this man on the line. Also, Fox presented by Fox Racing. Um, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear, continuing their relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out their full line of products. Done 2015, V3 helmet with MIPS technology, Instinct boot, airspace performance goggle, 360 racewear, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer, Kenny Rocks, and Ryan Dungees with a couple of the guys that wear Fox. All right, with that out of the way, as usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, just returning from a day of practicing, the newly signed... BTO Sports KTM rider Justin Brighton JB, what's up, man? Thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah, no problem, Mathis. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's a and it's a nice day or riding super
0: Supercross.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's in full swing for you here. Um, the new, I guess first, let's talk about straight rhythm because that that right off the bat, that's where you debuted the new colors and the new team, yeah. and uh, you were good as expected. What'd you think of that whole event? What'd you what'd you think? Yeah, I. I actually didn't know,
1: like, going into it, you know, how it was going to be. Obviously, I watched videos of, of the guys that rode, um, I think it was down at MC's place,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that rode kind of the tests to test it out or whatever, and, and it looked awesome. And I, and I talked to Seeley about it, and he was like, oh, it's so much fun. So, mm-hmm. But I actually didn't know how it would be actually racing, you know, like right. lining up with somebody. I thought it might be kind of dangerous because if you grab a little bit too much in the woods or a little bit too much off of a, a wall jump or any jump really,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: it can get pretty sketchy. So and uh I wasn't planning on doing it. I I texted my uh my good buddy Eric Kennard who was part of the event. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm not gonna be able to do it this year. I haven't ridden the bike yet. Um and then really about a week before it or I think the week of, I was like I texted him, like, Hey can I get in? I I feel pretty good on the bike, so it was kinda last minute. And um, and I figured if I went there and did good, awesome. If I did that, I feel like I would learn more about the bike. Yeah. It's cool just to be around the team for a day. So mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. Even though I, I did well so I'm a little bit biased, I still think if I would have done bad, I still feel like it's a really cool event.
2: Yeah. And, uh, man, and you were good at it right out of the hop. Like, how much time did you have on your bike? I had, want well, to say three or four days on the bike. <laughs> So, so suspension settings were tri- probably pretty close or good enough, I guess.
1: Yeah, suspension. I, what they told me is basically riding the bike that Dungy raced in Supercross. Same setting, suspension, mm-hmm. everything. So um, I think my clamps were different. I think I'm running a different offset clamp. But mm-hmm. I literally have not changed it. Even today riding, I haven't changed it at all. Um, I mean, a couple of clicks here and there, but, but yeah. that's it. So felt pretty comfortable right away, and that's what surprised me, like, like I said, I didn't think I was going to do the event, and, and right when I got on the bike, the first day, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good, actually, but right. no way I have to go race. Second day, um, you know, I was like, man, I feel actually pretty good, and I want to say the third day was the first time that Ramsey came out and saw me ride, and he was like, dude, you look good. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually really impressed, and I was like, well, what do you think? Can I, should I race straight with him? He's like, man, I, coming here, I would have said no, but. Now I'm like, yeah, do it. So that's when I I
2: text Eric and and ended yeah. up getting in. So felt pretty comfortable right away. I thought about watching you and Dino, and Dino was good too. And and you know, six days before, Dino was on a Kawasaki riding a sand track at those nations. Yeah, and, and then that, that's very
1: unbelievable is. for
0: sure.
2: Right. Well, and you too. I knew you didn't have much time on either. You know, and like, uh, let's face it, you have to. Uh, that 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 wasn't easy. You know, especially like. When you're hitting the whoops that as fast as you were, you have to have complete trust that your bike that you knew what your bike's gonna do, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that was the toughest part. Right. Pretty much once we all started
1: jumping the quad and mm-hmm. and you know obviously the guys that you're racing, once you jump something, it's like the next person's gonna jump it and uh, right. So it was like well, once you got that on the way and you were still even with the guys you were racing, then it was like okay, whoever basically has the most ball to go into the whoop. Yeah wide open yeah and and that's pretty much what it came down to between me and dean like i just clicked another gear and, and didn't let off and, mm-hmm. and beat him in the in the second run and then uh in the third run kind of kind of same thing so um yeah. yeah definitely full trust and it actually got a little bit sketchy as the day went on it was pretty dry so then the whoops got pretty scary as as the runs kept going on and then obviously it starts to mean a lot more so you're like you're willing to take an extra little bit of throttle or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be to, to beat the guy.
2: Right. Well, it's cool. It's a cool concept, and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see it uh, again in the future. And you're going to do Monster yeah. Cup, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. doing Monster Cup this weekend. So um am looking
1: forward to that. I've never never done well there, and, and I always feel like my mind's really not in the right place to go race because mm-hmm. I've always taken time off, or I'm just kind of like getting used to a new bike, or I'm like,
2: right. eh. Monster Cup. Where this year I'm kind of like pretty motivated, you know, to, yeah. to go there and, and do well. Yeah. What if you sweep? What if you get the million bucks? Dude, that'd be awesome, huh? Right? I mean, nice. yeah. Um. Hey. Uh. So new, new team. I got to be honest. I'm really surprised you didn't stay at JGR. Um. You had a, a good season. Well, you had a great season in Supercross. Um. Going on, and then you kind of got hurt a little bit and then your outdoor nationals, well, you know, some ups, some downs, but the Supercross was impressive, and there were some really great rides. You love North Carolina. Your wife's from there. um, They loved you. You know you love them. I'm surprised you left. Uh, But, as it was, you did leave, and so talk about the decision uh, on your end to go with BTO KTM. Yeah, so, and honestly,
1: if you'd asked me a year and a half ago or so, I would say, I'll probably retire at JGR. Right. You know, like, I'll maybe sign another couple-year deal and mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe do some testing for him or whatever. Like, that's right. just kind of what made the most sense. And then I was like, you know, when I came back to the team, like, I do get along with everyone there really good. Mm-hmm. But, honestly, the decision to go back was more – was more like for my life away from racing. My, my life there is awesome. Like, outside of racing, my, my wife is from there. I've met some really, really cool people there. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I'll end up living, you know, after I'm done racing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and really, my, my racing career kind of took a, I don't want to say a backseat, but let's be honest. If we really want to prepare 100% like we're going to win races, it's really, really hard to stay in North Carolina just because of the inconsistency of, of right. the weather and, and things like that. Yep. Um, so I guess it was about midway through Supercross. We had been in talks a little bit at the beginning of Supercross and obviously I was doing well, but they were, they were really hot on Varsha and they spent tons of money to get him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really they didn't have much money left. It was a lot left than I was willing to mm-hmm. to stay there for. And, and like, I felt like I'd still, you know, I've been around a little bit now, but I still like a, Feel like i'm getting better and and i think the first you know six or seven races or whatever last year proved that and i didn't want to take a back seat and basically i was going to take a, a pretty much a huge pay cut to to stay there and i just i didn't yeah. i didn't think it was right and and i i get where they're coming from mm-hmm. i mean it's totally a business and they wanted Barcia, and they you know yeah they, they paid him a lot of money so um you know so then after after that they just kept saying, "Oh, we only have X amount of, of dollars," and you know yeah. maybe Yamaha will kick in and, and Yamaha is kind of saying, "You know, yeah, we, we we really want to keep you, but we're, we're just going to kind of wait." So,
2: like, um, wow. uh, yeah, it's surprising. Uh, like, people, so
1: it's surprising. Yeah, it was a little, a little yeah. surprising to me, but honestly, I, like a lot of people. I feel like it fits so well, but then it like. I mean, we butted heads a lot more than probably what people think. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's time for for both of us. They would probably say the same thing, like, you know. Like, but it was time for a, a split. Like, I I feel good about it. I'm sure they feel good about it. So well, I'm still friends with everybody, obviously. But
2: mm-hmm. it
1: um, it was time for a change for both of us.
2: Look, at the end of the day, I mean, I left Racer X to go to Transworld for more money, a lot more money, because Racer X had cut me. And yeah. it's it that's business. That's life. And yep. you know, there's no way that after, you, even though your outdoors was up and down, and you did get hurt, your six, seven, eight races in Supercross in the beginning of the year, I mean, there's no way you should have to take a pay cut. I'm not your agent, but there's no way you should have had to take a pay cut. And so I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, and it, you know? it was
1: like it wasn't just like it wasn't just like a a small pay cut. It was yeah, yeah, probably a third of what I was getting paid. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a little bit of a bummer. It was kind of like guess it wasn't a slap in the face i mean boy's got to do what he has to do if he spent x amount on this guy and this was all we have left yeah. and i just felt like it, there was a way to there's always a way it's not like i'm well, getting paid you know two million dollars mm-hmm. but um but yeah i mean everything happens for a reason so at that point uh you know during Supercross, unfortunately, i got hurt but it, it was like kind of a blessing in disguise because i had time to you know, I flew to california i had some meetings
0: and uh-huh.
1: and got kind of the ball rolling because from the outside looking in, everyone thought I was done. Like, all right, he's staying at JDR. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: We don't even, we're not even going to call him, you know? Mm-hmm. So once I kind of put some feelers out there, everyone was like, what, really? <laughs> like he, oh, okay. So, um, and the, all the meetings I had, the best one, the most nervous I was to go talk to the guy was the costar. Right. And that was the best meeting maybe I've ever had to, to this to eight. It was like, it was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. we totally got along well. He was super impressed. <laughs> with me so um, we kept in touch on the phone and, and uh, I want to say a couple days before I went in there he had offered Dean Dean the deal and uh, you know basically said that you know you're a couple days late and right. uh, if if this guy he didn't tell me at the time who it was but if this guy signs then sorry we're not going to have a squad but he tried and tried and tried like there was three or four different calls where he was like I'm going to have a squad we're going to make a third squad we're going to do this and right. then um, ended up you know, talking to to Forrest and and uh, I'm I'm pumped. I couldn't be happier to be mm-hmm. you know on on BTO on factory equipment. You know, same they do the same stuff that that uh, Dungy and, and Roxon were on last year. So um, that that Roxon or that Dungy and Wilson will be on this next year. So yeah, it. it's and uh you've
2: seen I've here, seen I've so. I've seen plenty of times where an OEM is like, hey, we'll help you out. And they give you bikes and parts beginning of the year, and then they never really see you again. But I can attest from hanging out at the BTO truck, uh, Roger's over there, Ian's over there, the WP guys are over there, Chris from WP. There's a yeah. true synergy between what the factory guys are doing and what the BTO guys are doing. And you are yeah. on a factory bike.
1: Yeah, and, and what's cool is obviously we all have to deal with pressure, but I mean... I want to win also just, just as bad as the next guy, but I mean, let's be honest, there's probably a little bit less pressure to be under the the BTO tent. But essentially, we're on the same equipment, and I'm sure they're not going to like it if I beat those guys. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. If, you know, we're all kind of one big team, but um, we all want to win and, and do well. So um, I think it's a perfect scenario for me. It really reminds me a lot of the MDK days where. You know, the guys on the team were super motivated mm-hmm. to go do well. We had factory equipment. And um, and really, that's when my career started to take off. And, and I
2: started to get noticed. And um, that was the last time I was in California. So, yeah, kind of deja vu. Right. And you moved back to Cali. I'm surprised. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess you yeah, have to, right? A, like you said.
1: Pretty crazy. So, my wife and I, we basically bought our dream home two years ago in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. in like our, our great location and we got an awesome deal on on like i said our dream home the thing was yeah. was awesome and and we thought okay this is it you know I'll ride jgr and, and this and that but um obviously you got here we are now and we sold that house it closes actually next week mm-hmm. and um so that'll be gone but we still own a town home back there that's kind of by her parents house and um so we'll go back there a little bit during the summer but yeah transition moved everything to california and, um, man, what a process that was. Right, that was miserable. Right. Moving is not fun.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, not across the country so, either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: it was, it was miserable. So we oh. did that. And then, uh, so yeah, we're pretty much all settled in. And, um, obviously with, with Parker, mm-hmm. uh, it's tougher to move with her, you know, flying and all that. Like we were super nervous about that, flying with her for the first time, she was only a couple months old. So, right. um, Yes, it's been interesting but it's been fun at the same time.
2: Yeah, congratulations on that by the way, birth of your daughter. You're now a dad. Yeah. You're now racing. Yeah, you're racing you're racing for diapers now.
1: I know it. Right. It really is, like people say like, you know, that's more motivating or whatever, but I don't know if motivating is the right word, but it's like it is. Like you feel like you have more of a purpose now, like when I'm going to the track it's like, Okay, I'm gonna
0: right. I'm gonna really
1: try and get better for for my family, like I, I got mm-hmm. them to the support, and it's not just me, me, me anymore.
2: Yeah, and uh, what does your wife think of California? I, I don't know what's she going to think of this place.
1: You know what? In the beginning, she was actually more excited than me because oh yeah, it, it actually works out great because her best friend from North Carolina, who was a maid of honor in our wedding, was uh, or is going to acupuncture school in San Diego. She moved away two years ago. Oh, so she lives like forty-five minutes from us, and they they've been hanging out a lot, and then. Um you know, she's friends with some of the, uh, like, uh, Ryan Morris's wife, Hannah, yeah. and uh, two other girls. So um, it's actually more in common with those girls anyway because they all kind of have kids and all the real young kids. So other than in North Carolina where her friends are kind of on a different, I guess, a different stage of their
2: life. So, right. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Been, um. Been getting back to the last time you wrote KTM's, uh, MDK KTM. You, you won a moto on a 450, and you put in some good rides, like you said. Is there any comparison in the bikes that you can remember?
1: Well, the one thing I've always remembered about the KTM 450 is the engine. Like I, I still, since the day I left that the final moto out Steel City, I've been searching for that engine package every year. With just for one, it's got a lot of power, but it's so manageable and so usable. And I, I explain it like raceable, you know, like you can just get uh-huh. on a gas, and it's it's there, it's as much as you need, but it's not like overbearing. Right. And so I was nervous to to come back and ride it because I'm like I have some awesome memories with that, and I came back and I was like the first time around, I'm like yes, it's still the same, <laughs> you know. So um, right. But as far as chassis wise, it's it's definitely a lot different, and you got a linkage, it's really now. hard to remember, you right. know, like how it worked then, and I mainly rode a 250 and Supercross. I rode a little bit of 450 Supercross, but, but not much. So, um, obviously with the linkage, you know, it's for sure made it better. Um, but mainly it's how how manageable and raceable the, the bike is. That's what I really love about it.
2: So do you feel, uh, there's no secret the JGR bikes got you guys out front a lot, uh, and they were fast. So do you feel this thing's yeah. close? But it's different. It's, it's manageable. Sure close, but It's yeah.
1: just so much different. Right. Like the JGR bike is fast like it is like
2: mm-hmm.
1: it is fast but mm-hmm. it's it goes through the power really quick All right and so like to race it you, you're just kind of managing the power the whole time you know you're like not not letting it get away from you right it's really hard to race um where outdoors i mean if you just you know i, I got a lot of hole shots and the hole shots i didn't get i was right up there right so in a straight line i mean the thing is so so fast but um but what i'm finding out now is like with the ktm the the power characteristic of it—it's—it's it's just usable. It's, you can use all of it, and it's super manageable, and, and that means you can be more aggressive. So, mm-hmm.
2: um, but yeah, JJR bike
1: was fast. There's no doubt about that.
2: I had a guy tell me that a guy you were racing against tell me that you were so frustrating to race against because he would come up to you, and you would just yard him on the straightaways, and he's like, I would come <laughs> in, and I would be charging hard, and he just goes brop right right by me. He's like, man, those, yeah. that bike is yeah, ridiculous, right? <laughs> so, For sure. Um, yeah, so uh, DeCoster, Ian Harrison, you can ride the KTM track with uh, Ryan Dungey and Dean Wilson. Um, you're in California, so really, like, this should be – I think, you know, up in North Carolina, you're a little bit sort of isolated. Um, Josh Grant was out in California a lot. Um, this should help you riding with Dungey and Wilson and, and maybe – Upping the because let's face it, all you guys are pretty competitive. This should help you out riding yeah. with those guys during the week.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it, it's already helped. So I mean, for instance, yesterday at the KTM track, it's myself, Dungy, Wilson, Zach Osborne, Justin Hill, uh, Muslin, and Short. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're all, you know, we're all pretty close, and we're all just obviously we're on the side of the track and doing lap times,
0: and it, mm-hmm. it's basically a
1: race. And then today, um, I rode at Milestone, and me and Seeley did all of our motors together. So, and then we're also, me and Seeley and, uh, and Andrew right. have went in and we're doing our own track. So, um, there'll be a lot of different tracks to ride, a lot of different people to ride with. Um, yeah, like you said, in North Carolina, I basically was racing the clock and, yeah, and it's hard to stay motivated and, cause you always have that little bit extra. You know, like if I wasn't riding a full today, I'd probably be happy with,
2: you know, whatever yeah. last time,
1: but then we're riding together. So I want to beat him. He wants to beat me and right. we just, we push each other. So, um,
2: we, uh, I think it's going to be a huge benefit. We've been laughing because, uh, well, not laughing, but you and Andrew Short on the same team, like uh, Team Nice Guy. I don't know if it could get any <laughs> better for fans or whatever, you know, underneath that tent. it. Uh, yeah. You guys are going to be like, excuse me, sorry. You know, <laughs> both of you guys, yeah. you know, you guys uh, are friendly guys, outgoing, uh, good with the fans. And, uh, you know, I mean, Shorty's got – well first of all have you ever been parked by shorty as as, as a silent assassin shorty ever got you no he hasn't okay you know, a lot of
1: people uh, i've read that and right. heard people say it but he hasn't he hasn't gotten me so okay hopefully we're teammates he he doesn't get me right. anyway the next two years
2: anyway <laughs> yeah really right um yeah. Yeah, i was gonna say so yeah hopefully you guys have no beef over there or get, get anything yeah. going
1: no, um, i don't think so i'm i'm excited to be teammates with him he, i mean like you said we're pretty similar He. he he works hard, too, man. Like, he he wants to do well. I feel like both of us fly under the radar so much, and then all yeah. of a sudden, like last year, Andrew's in the top five, and I'm in the top five, and, like, no one has talked about it. So I think it's kind of cool to, to fly under the radar and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully make each other better this offseason. season.
2: Did you talk to anybody else uh, about going and riding anywhere else? Like, uh, we were also talking about how you can go back to Honda. You can do the JGR, Honda, JGR, Honda thing yeah
1: yeah just keep flipping flipping back and forth and,
2: right. no honestly once i started talking to
1: to ktm i was like i had kind of my mindset on that like we, mm-hmm. me and ramsey would talk a lot and like he gives good insight you know he, he sees all kind of the different sides of it all and yeah and uh the main thing for me is i just wanted to be around the people that wanted to, to really work and to really like be there day in and day out and, and we go through it together mm-hmm. and um like once I started talking to KTM, it was like within a week. I think they had me an offer. Oh, okay. And I want to say the the next week or so, I I signed it. It was like that, that's the deal. Like it just felt right. 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 And um, it's really all I can say about it. it just it really felt right, and it, it feels right being at the track with with the guys. And um, so I'm excited. It, I know a lot of people say that, like on oh, new team, it's the best thing ever. Right. Six months later, they're like, oh. Should have never done this but um, it feels the most right out of out of anything I've done in a
2: long time. We know a lot of guys like in your position; they like to ride the bike beforehand. It sounds like maybe you didn't even do that, or maybe you don't want to admit that because it was it would violate your. No, job. it was it was an option, but yeah. And honestly, now, like even if you did, like the teams are,
1: like of the guys, even if I did, mm-hmm. like I could have probably told them, and it wasn't like they would have cared. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like they were with me what they had what they had going on you know with with Barca and all that right. and and i don't even think they would have cared like you know some teams might but i just feel like it's it's business now and and um most teams have guys come and ride the bike so, you, so you're on both sides of it you know like
2: oh i know right that's what's hilarious about the yeah. whole thing yeah everyone's yeah, so, so, so everyone's so weird about it and don't want to talk about it but you're all doing it with each other yeah, exactly.
1: The teams are trapping bikes for other people, and they right, and then you know. So how can they get
2: Maddie if you're going to ride a, a different bike? So yeah, no, uh, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Hey, thanks for listening to the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing of JGR Yamaha's Dean Baker. Appreciate you listening to this and all the shows. Don't forget to check the archives out, and uh, you can get some uh, listens in on some older shows that I've done so you people can stop asking me to do new ones of guys I've already done. Check the archives out. Seriously, there's some good stuff in there. But once again, thanks to those guys for, uh, thanks to you guys for listening, and thanks to uh, Fox and BTO Sports for coming on board. And this Race Tech commercial can save you money with some, uh, a discount using the code PULPMX14, because I guarantee you, you probably need some suspension work on your bike. Once again, thanks for listening, and uh, see you around. Btosports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Leeb, Vince freeze Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose a uh, Race Tech Suspension, and they've been a long, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tech go there make your bike handle better do it racetech.com Thanks for listening hey so it's been a long it's been a long road for you. I was thinking about this a while back about your career a little bit and something that really stuck out with me uh, that you told me one time was when you started racing arena cross, like you're from Iowa and Teddy Mare's out there, and Chad Pedersen, and you're from Iowa, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go race the local arena cross that comes to town. And you had stock suspension on your bike. And you just didn't really yeah. think about it or even know any better. And now look at you, Justin Brayton. Look at where you're at. <laughs> like, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it it seriously is. And um, it was awesome for my birthday this year. My mom and my sister put together basically the, these these binders of, like, pictures from magazines or newspapers or the local newspaper or right. whatever it was like my mom kept everything and i had no idea Right. so basically from like 95 or like late 90s something like that when yeah. i was on even from 80s like i was on the cover of a local cycle usa i don't know if you remember that but it was kind of like a local no. newspaper that um it was kind of like cycle news but i was on the cover of that when i was on on an 80 and like that was in there framed and so she put this together, and and I was looking through it, and it's, like, unbelievable. Like, it seems like so many different lifetimes ago I raced arena cars. Yeah, and yeah. And I was hanging out with Buddy Antonez, and, like, we actually golfed together this past weekend, and it's like we're reminiscing on some stories. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: honestly, like, people say it all the time, but I would have never thought in a million years that I'd be racing supercross, let alone be be yeah. making, you know— good money and, and, and doing what I love. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a true story. Bone stock suspension, yeah. we threw, uh, handlebars and I want to say my, my stepdad got me like a pipe or something, maybe just for that weekend. Jeez. Um, you a pipe or a silencer, I forget, but we had, um, literally bone stock and, and uh, I was thrown up in my helmet. Like in practice, I was behind Denny Stevenson and, and I could tell I was a little bit faster. I like reeled him in and, and he pulled off and I was like, I just puked in my helmet because I was throwing, probably holding my breath. Yeah, yeah. Two, I was out of shape. I had no idea what training was at that point. And right. three, I'm like on the track with these guys.
2: With Danny Stevenson, so, right?
1: Yeah, Danny Stevenson. He was you know he grew up in Omaha, which is about two and a half hours from where I grew up. and right. And uh, he was a super golf champion and all those things. So um, yeah, threw up in my helmet and then I was racing Damon Bradshaw in the heat race and I passed him and um, won the heat race and I was throwing up again and um, yeah, so Jeez. I was in practice, won my heat race. And then also, um, um, I believe I almost won the main event that night, too, But I ended up crashing. I was so tired. I just, like, fell over <laughs> in the turn. But I want to say I got, like, six or seven. Right. But um, that was it. That was basically the turning point. That was the reason why I moved to California. That was the reason
2: Yeah.
0: people
1: noticed me. Uh, Paul Lindsey from Motorworld was there that night and noticed me. And, and um, man, the rest is history. It's pretty crazy to think about.
2: And not only is it amazing that, you know, you, you were – Good enough to break free of the arena cross and keep going and supercross and, and motocross and all that, but you also didn't let Budman and Denny and Hagseth drag you down to, <laughs> to their level. Because <laughs> let's yeah, face it, they, uh,
1: I, I experienced a lot of stuff as a as an eighteen year old, just mainly just having fun. Like they just really had a good. They time. had like a it, good
2: time. It wasn't right.
1: like it was like wasn't like we we're out like being crazy and partying and doing stupid stuff. It was just right. like we just had a good time and I was always so focused. I was like, I mean, I wouldn't eat a cookie. I wouldn't eat a brownie. I wouldn't yeah, yeah. do, I wouldn't go through a drive-through. And I remember one of the, my first ever bicycle ride, road bike ride, I did what they call the pachanga push. And a lot of people will probably recognize it if they're from around Temecula area, but it's just climb. And I did it with Buddy Antonez and Jeff Mhm. And I didn't have clip-ins. Uh, I just had like cages on my pedals and, and after the ride, uh, we went to Del Taco and I was like, what? These guys eat Del Taco? Like, right. We're going through a drive-thru and we're getting french fries right now? Yeah. And I was like, dang. So, it really kind of like, I had to find a happy medium because I was so rigid, like, yeah. through high school. I mean, I I literally would like, think the pros never ate any sweets and never ate or <laughs> never drank soda or never did anything. but And then I kind of found out they did, but then you just kind of find a, a right. happy medium and, and really just find a balance. But, you're yeah, like, they taught me a lot,
2: you know. They, they really did. You're like, why does Bud, Buddy, Buddy Antonis reek like booze? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was actually super
1: focused. Like, well, yeah. I know there's about those guys, but before I knew him and he, and he was on Factory Suzuki, like I'd always see him up against the wall with his eyes closed for like 10 minutes at a time. I'm like, what's he doing? Is he not taking a nap or what? And right, right. I got to know him and he was like, no, I was visualizing the whole main event in my mind. Jeez. And and he, he was, I mean, he's five yeah. time champion. Yeah, you know, for a reason. So, um, yeah, I looked up to him a lot, man. He
2: was he was good good to me, and and still is, you know. So, yeah, he's an awesome guy. So when so okay, so you you start racing that arena cross, and and you do that race you just talked about, you did well and all that. But what's the next step? Paul Lindsay says I'm going to hire you for Motor World, but you got to come to California. Is that what is that what happened? Or no,
1: actually, the the next step. Well, that year I just raced a uh, like. Okay
2: maybe a handful of arena crosses and, yeah. and, uh, and I
1: remember Gavin Gracek he, yeah. we were going for rookie of the year and, um, and it came down to like, basically I had to come Washington was the final round and, uh, I had no way to get there. I made no money. I'm still, I was a senior in high school. Right. And, uh, and my local shop, they're real for a storm like Honda said, all right, we'll fly you out there. We're going to drive the box in and we're going to go win rookie of the year. And I was like, all right, sweet and Gracie yeah. had like a 12 point lead on me going in, so it was gonna be it was gonna be a battle. And he was, you know, Team Green and riding out of semi and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. Long story short, I ended up beating him, winning Rookie of the Year, and um, and then the next year, Stormlight Honda sponsored the team, the Tamer Honda team, and uh, rode for them. And and um, didn't I think I did the whole yeah I did the whole series, got seventh in the series, and then the next year they signed Buddy Antonez and Brad Hegseth, so. I want to say that was that was around 2004
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then so i was like i'm teammates with buddy antinev yeah. holy smokes right. this is awesome and haggseth was you know he was a top guy then he won canadian nationals and i uh, won a title up there a couple titles and and he was winning arena crosses so um at that point i just i made the decision to i've got to drive to california and yeah make it work like buddy said he introduced me to people and and um so, and then at the end of that year, I believe I got fourth in the series. At the end of that year, I flew back home to Iowa because I was going to just move back home. I just raced the arena cross and flew right. back home for the summer. Uh, Budman called me on Sunday after, after I'd already landed in Iowa. He said, hey, can you jump on a plane and get out here tomorrow? Eric Kehoe just called me and wants to give you a shot or a tryout for the Factory Connection Honda team to race Supercross. I'm like... What? I've never even ridden a Superhouse track. Right. I just raced. I was literally like riding Elsinore and outdoor tracks during the week and yeah, then going yeah. to race arena cross. So he's like, all right, I'm going to put it together. You can ride my 250. I've talked to him. You can ride the, the Honda track on uh, on Tuesday. And then I believe the trot was on Wednesday. So
0: yeah,
1: flew out, rode Budman stock 250F on the Honda track. Didn't mm-hmm. even jump the triple. My <laughs> whole first day, I didn't jump the triple on the supercross track.
2: You're like, you're like, day. you're like, do they have a catapult? Cause I'm good at catapults. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I can do doubles and triples. I don't
0: know. Right. Right.
1: So, I mean, I was literally a fish out of water. And then the next day, factory connection guys show up. I think I was riding, uh, Billy Leninovich's practice bike, Uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: full mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Kehoe's out there. Um, JC Waterhouse was the team manager at the time. Um, they're out there and they, and I start riding this bike and it's super fast. And, uh, and I started jumping triple, and, like, I felt okay. But, like I said, so at this point, I'm still out of shape. Yeah. And arena cross, you know, I, I didn't really train that much. Mm-hmm. They said, all right, do a 15-lapper. And I'm like, what? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. So I did 15 laps and suffered my way through it and pulled off and said, all right, you want to race this weekend? And that weekend was St. Louis. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll race. So was like, all right, follow me to Garnet, and uh, we'll get you some boots. And, um... Your fly out, fly out on, uh, I think they had Friday practice then. Yeah. And, um, I don't remember. I flew up like the next day. Right. And I was, uh, I was racing. They shipped all my gear to the, to the hotel. So I've got my gear on and, you know, <laughs> like the night before the race in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Like taking pictures, sending it to my parents. And I, I like couldn't believe it. Right. And, um, but, yeah, I was racing, racing Subaru off that weekend in St. Louis. And, um, Ended up qualifying for the man out of the LCQ. I think got, like, 15th or 16th. And, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, slowly got better. And, and uh, at that point, you could do east and west. So I did the first three, I think, that I did were east. And they said, you want to do the last three west coast? I was like, sure. Yeah. And the last three west coast, um, I ended up getting top tens. Or ninth, two ninths, and I got an 11th at the east-west shootout. Right. And uh, and then that's when Paul Lindsey... Um, Called actually Budman because Budman was kind of doing my agency stuff, right? And offered me a two-year deal. First year would be Arena Cross, second year would be Guaranteed Supercross, and uh, and it was my first deal. Signed forty for forty thousand a
2: year uh,
1: for for two years. I, so,
2: you know, um, uh, I didn't realize like Budman. Uh, so like he was a lot of help. He, he's the one who talked to Kehoe,
1: yeah, and got yeah, that he, lined he up. And, to Kehoe, yeah, right, yeah. So he he basically did that whole deal for me, mm-hmm. and um. That's awesome. Yeah, so. I mean, he, yeah, he's yeah, he been a huge a huge help. He was at the track with me, you know, preparing to go race those Supercrosses, and, and um, a huge help for sure. And he was, like, he was kind of my first agent. Him and my current agent, Steve Aldaco, started what it was then, like, I think they were the agents or something like that they called it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: because um, their wives were friends in high school. And um, so, yeah, Budman was kind of like my first, first agent. Yeah. And then, you know, him and Steve split up and Budman, you know, had his own team going at the time. He was doing some different stuff, and mm-hmm. and um, so they split up, and now Steve's, Steve's still my agent today.
2: Let's, uh, and let's face it, like, in, you know, in this industry, there's not always, people aren't always looking out for other people, and it's a little bit of a dog-eat-dog, and Budman yeah. is a big name and a big guy, and he yeah. could have not cared less about this kid from Iowa.
1: You know what I mean? It's just, it's just cool. Yeah, he yeah. could have. Yeah, and it wasn't
2: like I was a prodigy.
1: It wasn't like yeah. he was thinking, "Oh, this kid's going to go win some supercrosses, and I'm going to get this or that." Right. But he always told me. He said, "Like you, you help for what I'm doing for you. You do to another kid. Like just keep keep that kind of trend going, which I thought was really cool. Right. And I'll always remember that. And and uh, yeah, so so Budman's Budman's awesome. I, yeah. I really really like him a lot. He helped me a ton.
2: And. um uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't remember you riding for Factory Connection. I mean, I was, I was around, but, I mean. I, yeah, I was number 614, 614 on
1: a on a Factory Connection Honda. And Schneike worked for me. Oh, man. And I'll, I'll never forget this. I think it was Indy. I was second fastest in practice to Stewart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and Ziggy came up and he's like, you know, this this pays big money right here and showed me the lap time.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. dang, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I never, obviously, could never get to the front in a
2: race i just had one lap in me yeah yeah um, this training but, stuff was still new to you yeah totally new it really <laughs> was um and then uh the paul lindsey thing um that went that's when i started you know you were 114 then on a, a yamaha
1: yeah well yeah. so the first year i signed with them they were on suzuki's Oh, okay. um, i yeah. always remember andrew short riding for them like they had an awesome team in super golf, so mm-hmm. i was like this is gonna be cool, like this is a great opportunity. He's an arena cross team. It was me and Tommy Hoffmaster in arena cross mm-hmm. and then uh, I think Andrew and then we're still in Daryl Hurley, and guys like that were still yeah. racing supercross so goose, but unfortunately, the first round in Des Moines, I was thinking like I'm going there to win like I'm yeah. on tractor bikes now, I've been testing, I've been riding some supercross. right I'm gonna go smoke these guys at my hometown mm-hmm. in Des Moines, like I just felt like it was gonna be such an awesome story right, and they had this this quad that no one was jumping and being in Des Moines and having friends and family. I'm just like, if I do the spot, I'll, I'll, I'll win for sure tonight. Well, I ended up doing it. And, uh, and I did it a few times. Well, then I went to pass Justin Muth in one of the races mm-hmm. came up short over the bars and broke my ankle like, pretty bad.
2: Oh, and I was out the
1: whole year. Didn't, didn't ride a bike the whole year. Wow.
2: The whole so year. For, wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah I, I was out. It was a pretty bad, pretty bad break. So, um, I never raced another arena cross for them. I just the next year that whole off season mm-hmm. uh they they were um in talks with Yamaha, they ended up switching to Yamaha and that's when I started racing Supercross.
2: Lucky you had another year deal too, with Paul. Yeah you know what I mean
1: I, I was mean super with... lucky. And you know what's so cool about Paul is he paid me every every penny. Yeah. And obviously in most contracts, like if you don't race at all that year, yeah he's not gonna pay you. Hell. I remember he, like he, There's some he, contracts, he just,
2: there's some teams that have contracts, me. there's some teams that have contracts that say you should be paid and they still don't pay you.
1: Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time. And and Paul was, was legit. He he paid me every penny. And it was cool in the long run. I felt like I, I kind of paid him back for that. Like, you know, I, I stayed with him even the year after that when I, mm-hmm. when I started to get some top fives in Supercross. and, and um, Right. So he was another one that kind of paved the way for me. You know, like it wasn't like I had – Heels being thrown at me at that mm-hmm. time. He just he saw something in me and and um, and yeah. took it.
2: You know. Um, this this coming off season, you are. You, what are you doing? Are you doing Genoa and uh, Bercy?
1: No, I'm doing uh, Bercy, but the new race is in Lille. Right. Yes, it's at a at a soccer stadium. So I'm doing that and Geneva. Oh okay. So I have
2: yep. Basically one race a month. Um, Geneva is you know, in every a- year. We, but Geneva Geneva's in the beginning of December?
1: Yeah. 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 And uh, Lil, the new Bercy, is uh, November, I believe, 15th and 16th, yeah. right around
2: there. So I'm going. I'll see you there. Oh, nice. I'm in. Wait, uh, maybe I'll buy you lunch. Oh, you or buy me a crepe. Remember now those cre- we're talking. We, I don't know if we'll find that like, crepe, any crepe stands around there, but we Yeah, I'm to. interested. I was actually talking to Sebastian
1: Tortelli about Lil, and he said that it's awesome. It's like a... Kind of like a college town. Oh yeah, schools and, and uh, he said we're gonna love it. That's where his wife's from, so he knew oh, I all know all about it. He all actually right. has a condo
2: there. Oh wow, look at so, look, look at Torts.
0: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. Uh, so I know you're tired of hearing this, and everyone's told you over and over, Pernard and the the Larry Ward of of modern day. But there is no <laughs> doubt that you haul ass at these races, um, wherever it is Geneva, Bercy. You're very good at this stuff. Have you ever thought about why?
0: I mean, you're, you know, you're a great I, racer. I anyway, of, yeah, but, yeah, and
2: I'll be—I'll be completely honest. Like I, so when I
1: go over there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like let's say two years ago or last year, you go over there and I'm racing, really legit. Only racing like four guys. Yeah. So if you get a bad start, you can still get to the front, like no problem. Mm-hmm. If You start tenth, I'm still getting on the podium probably. Yeah. So, and then Villapoto isn't there. Gunji isn't there. You know, like the guys that have beat me. If you look back, the guys that mm-hmm. beat me in the states
0: mm-hmm. really
1: never go over there. So I feel like no matter who it is, I'm winning. Yeah. So it's it's really just like a mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah. To where
1: now I've got to transfer that mindset over here, and and honestly, the guy that's the the seconds I've gotten in Supercross, it's been to Vilo Toto. The I mean, if it wasn't for Ville obviously we'd have all won a lot more. But I think he's the guy who who when I came back to supercross in the states like that's the guy who kind of had a, all of our numbers and now without him right i think i can transfer that mentality back to over here
0: right.
1: and um so yeah that, that's just being totally honest like I, it's a total mindset like no matter who shows up even when stewart was over there yeah it was like it, i was just racing stewart like i didn't really care about the other guy right I felt like i could beat them well, over here, you're not just racing Stewart. You're racing Dungey. Mm-hmm. You're racing Roxanne. You're, you know, there's so many other guys. So it's a different mindset, and that's what I've tried to get myself more to believe in myself. And and mm-hmm. and um, and the stories we just told about ArenaCross, that's probably why I haven't been a champion here yet, is I didn't <laughs> even believe I'd be here. So now I'm here, I'm kind of like, oh, sweet. But now I've been here for a while. Yeah. And, I'm ready to take it to the next
2: step. Well, and let's—I mean, let's face it. Like you know, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, uh, last year was was pretty damn good for you at times. So it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, you—you were talking about how fast you are in Europe, but you're fast over here too. It's not like you're not good over here. Um, better race yeah. for you last year, Phoenix, the Anaheim Retro Race, or St. Louis. I mean, I know which one you got the best results in, but which one yeah. in your mind? You know you know what's weird is Phoenix, like, came so easy to me. Because the track, you couldn't really be aggressive, and I was really good in the whoops.
1: And it didn't seem like anyone else was that good in those whoops. So mm-hmm. it kind of came easy where I felt like I was riding better in St. Louis. Right. And the retro race, I, I felt like I was riding really good.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and the retro
1: race, like, I actually caught Reed, mm-hmm. and I just, I just couldn't get by him. and kind of got a little flustered, and he went on to win the race. So, like, if it would have went, I forget, did I get fourth or fifth at night? I forget. I thought you got
2: fourth. I, I thought got you got fourth, were. fourth,
1: so, yeah. But I was just, I was right there with that with that lead pack. And then St. Louis was going awesome. Like, I, I won my heat race, and, and
2: I was doing a section that a lot of guys weren't right. doing. Um, Most, pretty much everybody but one other guy, yeah.
1: so. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Obviously, results speak for themselves. So, I'll probably say Phoenix because of the result, but. But riding wise, I felt like I was riding better at the other two races. Because, right, you know, sounds kind of funny, but it's the truth.
2: We always talk about in Phoenix. Do you do you think do you go back and look at that, and maybe would you wish you would have stuck it in on Ryan um, late in the race there, or are you happy yeah. with how that went down?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Right. And at the moment, I was thinking like, all right, like this is good for me. Like that second, I right, you know, I beat I beat Dungy straight up. I almost beat Villapoto straight up. And now I'm, I'll go win next weekend or, or the following weekend, but yeah, I didn't get on the podium again the rest of the year, so right now like if <laughs> it's there, I'm taking it and yeah, whatever it takes, like I I'm, I've got to take it. So, um, but I thought it was good because he kind of got me at first when he passed me, and then I reeled him back in. Yeah, and yeah, I think last lap, yeah, maybe it goes down a little bit different, but I mean yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to just go in there and clean him out. No way, that would have. I mean, imagine if that happens. I uh, clean him out at,
0: uh, I and mean,
1: he's, you know, like, I I'd probably, I'd probably get suspended or something. I don't. I don't so, think.
2: I don't think you would have cleaned him out, but it would have been really aggressive. But I do think it was there. Yeah. I think it was there for you. You know.
1: Yeah. The but, only thing it was really slick. So if I would have brought that big of an angle, yeah. At the turn, like. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if, like, okay, what if it goes down totally different, and we both crash? Oh yeah. And we get seven and eight, and then I'm like. Cramp, oh, I should have just took a second. Right. So there's definitely two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's probably more realistic what would have happened because how slick and marbly it was.
2: Yeah. But you know, yeah. So. yeah, what are you gonna do, right? And then uh yeah. and, and St. Louis is you actually is that that's where you broke your foot, right?
1: Yeah, so yeah. when Will Hahn had that huge crash. Yeah. A lot of people didn't see it, but Barsha had a crash in the lane next to him. Mm-hmm. And I was already committed. We were wheel tapping this jump this triple and then you go to the big triple and he had crashed and I was already committed to the wheel tap mm-hmm. and right when I landed my foot smashed into his frame and broke it and then it got, the heat race got red flagged I didn't crash or anything mm-hmm. pulled up, told my mechanic, patcher I'm like dude I just broke my foot he's yeah. like what? like he couldn't, like really? right. right. so then I went and I hole shotted and, and won the heat race so everyone was like oh he's fine, he's totally fine but yeah. I went back to the truck, I'm like I'm not taking my boot off man, it, my foot is broke they like like no one could really understand it and then after the main event, which I had a good main event going, I was fifth and last lap, Dungy crashed. Yeah. And uh and I smashed into his bike and, and I smashed my teeth and crashed and I ended up getting tenth. But yeah, I went and got it extra after and I'm like, yeah, your your foot's broke Jeez. so um that kinda started the snowball effect to end my season.
2: And uh to wrap this thing up, uh um, do you do you think that – the outdoor season, the motocross season, look, you're you're a better supercross rider, there's no doubt. But at the same time you and I have talked more than a few times. You you always seem to come in under the gun at the early outdoors and then it's kind of an uphill battle from there. But what do you gotta do to you know to definitely get closer into that top five mix outdoors week in and week out?
1: Yeah, I think just put more emphasis on it. Like I really need to be testing and, and I'm the type of guy that I've really got to be prepared for it to have confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: kind of sucks, but and I've, I've been working on that. But like Supercross, you have all this time to prepare, mm-hmm. and so by the time the gate drops in, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Where and then most of the time with me being stronger in Supercross, I'm, I'm going for a good result, whether it's top five or top three or whatever it may be in the overall standings in Supercross. So outdoors kind of gets pushed to the back burner. So when I start riding, I've only got a week and a half to prepare. To so where this year I've got a. You've got to do a better job at preparing because if you look at the the stats, my first two or three rounds of outdoors always is terrible. Yeah. And then I start getting the ball rolling, and then you know I'm on the podium or, or top five. So yeah, uh, just need to get the ball rolling sooner. Need to be on top of the testing and, and getting my bike comfortable and and supercross to me just comes way more natural. I I can be 80 percent and still feel like I can I can go get a top five mm-hmm. supercross outdoors. I've got to be spot on a hundred percent to go get a top five. And um I think the KTM is gonna be good outdoors too. It feels super stable and I've had some great rides on it back in the day. I know it's a different bike, but mm-hmm. there's something about having those good vibes with something that um you know we'll see we,
2: uh, we just need to uh to get you on a Suzuki to complete the tr- complete the uh five manufacturers. I know, uh right. <laughs> uh, or maybe yeah. maybe husky now but
0: there you
2: go uh hey uh justin brayton thank you for uh thank you for doing the com racer x podcast maybe the most unlikely star of our sport that we have especially after hearing you're lining up uh, for a pro arena cross with stock suspension so um <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks yeah for having me, yeah I thank you it. thank you for doing it I, I can't wait to see you at bercy on the ktm and we saw how good you were, were already in the straight rhythm with four days on the bike. So, um, I think things are going to go well for you. And uh, yeah, man, talk soon. Thank you for doing this. No, cool, no problem. Okay, thanks, man. Hi, right, man. We'll see you. See ya.
1: This has been the BTO Sports dot com podcast show presented by Fox Racing.